This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for Pan-African news and world developments. I'm Iheyes Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... We want to ride on the assurances that were given by President Raila Chilema that under his administration there shall be no harassment on the journalists. But we are shocked that now these things are beginning to happen slowly and uh, freedom of expression is being uh, suppressed. That's Wilson Pondamali, a consultant at the Zambia Institute of Independent Media Alliance on the arrest of a TV journalist. Details coming up also. Somalia says 49 Al-Shabaab militants were killed in an operation by its army. A new UN study urges increased action to protect girls and women from domestic violence. And Cameroon lost its opener at the World Cup, and Ghana is taking the field now against Portugal. We'll have these stories and more on African News Tonight. But first, our top story. Somalia says its army, supported by international partners, have conducted an operation in the country's lower Shabale region that killed 49 Al-Shabaab militants. Mohamed Daisen reports from Mogadishu, Somalia. A statement issued by the Somali Information Ministry late Wednesday said the military operations took place in the village of Bulmadino. The country's lower Shabala region, VOA, could not independently verify the Somali government's death toll, but residents in region reported that they had explosions. The targeted operation went as planned and destroyed all the military vehicles and weaponry of Khawarij al-Shabaab said. The ministry in a statement, Khawarij, is a term for someone who deviates from Islam. The government said the militants were hit while planning to attack the Somali people. It also said there had been eye strikes involved in the operation, but it didn't mention which country conducted the strikes. It comes days after Somali President Hassan Sheikh Mahmoud visited frontline towns in the central regions of Iran and Gilgadud. Mahmoud, who was elected president earlier this year, has declared a total war against Al-Shabaab. The group, meanwhile, has increased their attacks since Mahmoud was elected leader. Attacks include a rare July incursion into neighboring Ethiopia that authorities say left hundreds of militants dead and a twin car bombing in Mogadishu in October that killed 120 people. Mohamed Daisane, VOA News, Mogadishu, Somalia. A new UN study urges increased action to protect girls and women from domestic violence. The study by the UN Office on Drugs and Crimes says that globally more than five women and girls are killed every hour by someone in their own family. The UN says 81,000 were reported to have been killed last year, with nearly 60% slain by intimate partners or other family members. Asia recorded the largest number of gender-related killings overall, compared with women and girls in Africa who were more at risk of being killed by domestic violence. In Africa, 2.5 females per 100,000 were killed, compared with 1.4% in the Americas and below 1% in Asia and Europe.
The report calls for greater support and protection for survivors, including by the police and judiciary, and an end to harmful masculine behavior and social norms. It cites Kenya as an example of progress, where the government is collecting data on the violence and has established a toll-free line to assist with emergencies. 54 private shelters and rescue centers now operate in 18 countries. The report comes a day ahead of the International Day of the Elimination of Violence Against Women and over two weeks of activities encouraging activism. Malawi police have fired tear gas and clashed with refugees at the country's overcrowded Zaleka refugee camp. Witnesses say the clashes broke out after a group of refugees got angry when they did not receive materials for shelter and began breaking windows. Lamek Masina reports from Blantyre, Malawi. The refugees began rioting Tuesday when they discovered that their names were missing from a distribution list of people they thought were supposed to receive tents and other materials for shelter. Sabina Mulepo is a refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo. She says it all started Friday during the item distribution exercise. Those who were supposed to receive the items were told that they already received the items, while others were told their names were not on the list. Mulepo says the crashes took place when a group of refugees who had lodged a complaint to camp officials felt unsatisfied with the response they got. Plan International Malawi is among the groups that distributes items to refugees, including tents, soap, clothes, and plastic buckets. The refugees, angry with the organization over the distribution list, broke into a warehouse where Plan International Malawi kept the items, looting some of the relief items there. The group also smashed two vehicles belonging to Plan International employees. The situation forced police to use tear gas to disperse the rioting refugees who also started throwing stones at police officers. Gradson Mbumpa is a spokesperson for police in the lower district where the Zaleka refugee camp is situated. Mm. At the moment, you have arrested 16 suspects. Among the 16, uh, 12 are from the Democratic of Congo. Uh, three are from Burundi and one is a Mayan nation. They have been charged with the offense of martial damage in He says the suspects were expected to appear in court Wednesday. Some eyewitnesses say a two-year-old child died during the incident after inhaling tear gas. But police spokesperson in Bumpa says they have not received any reports of deaths or injuries from the tear gas they were using. Forbega Sogam is the country director for Plan International in Malawi. She says the refugees are wrong to accuse them of not providing relief items to those who say we are supposed to get them. My understanding is that in terms of identification, we have Homeland Security, we have UNHCR, we have camp leaders that lead the process of identification. We don't have a mandate to choose who is who because we don't have jurisdiction over refugees in this country. So probably if that is the case, uh, maybe it is the case of misinformation. Ken Emmanuel is the reporting officer at the UNHCR in Malawi. He told VOA Wednesday that the UN refugee agency will look into the matter once the situation in the camp 
normalizes. UNSR has not been able to go to the camp today. Although the situation is reported to be calm, UNSR temporarily suspended the verification exercise yesterday, and this will only resume when situation returns to normalcy. However, police say they have now beefed up security at the camp to prevent any additional violence. Last month, a group of refugees at the camp seized a vehicle belonging to the World Food Program to protest what they said was their removal from the food ration list. Lamek Masina for VOA News, Blanta, Malawi. Media activists in Zambia have described the arrest of a journalist as a mockery of the Southern African nation's commitment to promoting free media. Last week, Innocent Piri, who worked for a privately owned TV station, was arrested and detained after attempting to cover live the arrest of an opposition leader, Chilufia Tayali, who is accused of bringing the name of the president into disrepute. From Lusaka, Elias Lemuidia has this report from Lusaka. Media activists in Zambia have condemned the arrest of Innocent Piri, a journalist with independently owned movie TV. The Zambian police apprehended him and his camera person, Ovias Kaunda, last week. The two had rushed to cover the arrest of Chufatayali, an outspoken leader of the opposition Economic and Equity Party, whose house was surrounded during the night by police armed with AK-47 rifles. The journalist and his camera person stood at a distance as they attempted to cover the arrest of the politician. Tayali is accused of bringing the name of the president into disrepute in a video that went viral, accusing the government of failed leadership. The police also charged him with disorderly conduct for failing to leave what they called a sensitive operation. The Committee to Protect Journalists says the police initially planned to charge the two men with obstruction of police, a violation of the penal code that carries a sentence of up to five years in prison. Their detention did not sit well with many in the media. Wilson Pondamali is a consultant at the Zambia Institute of Independent Media Alliance. Uh, we received uh, the, the news about uh, the detention of uh, our colleague Innocent Piri uh, with a uh, shock. He's been arrested made to sleep in police custody uh, without any charge. We want to ride on the assurances that were given by President Agayende Chilema that under his administration there shall be no harassment on the journalists. But we are shocked that now these things are beginning to happen slowly and uh, freedom of expression is being uh, suppressed. Fred Membe is a journalist and former media owner whose post-newspaper, which was known for investigative reporting, was abruptly closed in 2012 by the Zambian government on allegations of failing to pay statutory fees. He says the arrest of Piri and his camera person goes against what the new Don government promised before being elected. To the same people who are sending them, when they used to be arrested, they wanted the media to cover them. They wanted the media to to tell people what is happening to them. Is this the democracy they promised our people? Is this the media freedom they promised our people? Democracy requires a lot of tolerance. They promote diversities of views. What we are seeing are miles away from democracy. On the other hand, President Hagainde Hijrema's spokesperson and press aide, Anthony Boalia, maintains that the government remains committed to fulfilling promises he made when he was in the opposition. He adds that the president is a Democrat 
who upholds the rule of law. This is a president who is literally delivering on all of the campaign commitments uh, that he made. The Committee to Protect Journalists is calling on the government to investigate what it calls the arbitrary arrest of the men. It also wants authorities to nullify their fine and admission of guilt, which the CPJ says was made under duress and under the threat of continued detention. For VOA Africa, I'm Elias Limanya in Lusaka. You're listening to African News Tonight. I'm Iheyes Wuhib in Washington. Refugees from around the world who resettled in the Washington area are getting together to celebrate their first Thanksgiving in the United States. In their newly adopted country, the United States, hundreds of refugees from all parts of the world gathered in early November to celebrate Thanksgiving. Many of these refugees celebrated the annual holiday for the first time. This is Anila Karimazai. By coming here, I feel very proud and happy to be here with everyone, with so much diverse people. And I feel happy that I get to celebrate Thanksgiving with so many happy people. Thanksgiving in America is observed annually on the fourth Thursday in November. It celebrates a feast shared between English colonists in America and indigenous people in the early 1600s. Most Americans cook food like roasted turkey, sweet potatoes, and gravy while spending the holiday with friends and family. For some Afghan refugees like Nazifa Karamazai, eating turkey was something new. I really enjoy it. The food was very good. It is the first time that I am eating turkey. To acquaint newcomers with American customs, the Ethiopian Community Development Council, or ECDC, one of the United States refugees resettlement organizations, organized the event. Sahai Tafara is the Ethiopian Community Development Council. Basically, we are sharing with them one of the American you know, greatest holidays. And also, the, we are trying to bring the community that is hosting the refugees in our area together so that they can exchange food, they can exchange ideas, they can exchange, you know, each other's companionship. Mina Tarin has been in the U.S. since July 2022. She says that she is thankful to be in the U.S. after what she has gone through. I would like to thank everyone today, especially in Thanksgiving Day, for supporting Afghans, for, uh, like... Taking almost, not almost, some of our Afghans from that misery that's happening in Afghanistan right now. Thousands of Afghans fled to the United States after the Taliban took over in August 2021, and most of the refugees here say they are thankful for that. This interview was compiled by VOA's Shanaz Nafis. A South African movie, The Domestic has won two awards at the 2022 Los Angeles Screamfest Film Festival, the first African film to achieve this. Screamfest was established 21 years ago and the world's biggest and oldest horror film festival. The Domestic tells the story of a rich urban couple who, unbeknown to them, hire an evil sangoma, or traditional healer, as their new housekeeper. Darren Taylor reports. 
This is a Christian house. We left all those beliefs with our elders. Do you understand? One memorable scene in the domestic shows a white-robed Amanda Dupont as blessing the housekeeper, hunched on a plush carpet in a luxurious lounge. Smoke surrounds her as she waves bushels of impepo, traditional herbs, to summon the spirits of her ancestors. Blessings then confronted by a furious Tumisho Masha as Cat, the suburban madam, who scolds the domestic worker for practicing unchristian things in her home. Blessing, angry at what she views as mistreatment and an insult to the ancestors, later unleashes demonic spirits on the household. We wanted to tell a story that was still within the genre parameters of horror that we think you know hasn't really been explored much in South Africa. We thought this would be a nice showcase of a rich cultural aspects of the country that I think most international audiences probably wouldn't be too familiar with. Using that as to you know explore some interesting ideas while also freaking out some people at the same time. Director Brad Katzen says he never expected the attention his film would attract when he and producer Sean Naidu began shooting in Johannesburg in the midst of the COVID pandemic in 2020. Katzen says demand for the domestic on global streaming services is soaring, especially since Marsha scooped a Best Actor award at Screamfest. This upper-class married couple there, they've been together for a while, and after their housekeeper unexpectedly passes away, they meet the daughter of the housekeeper and decide to hire her as their new domestic worker, not realizing that she has a bit of a twisted psychotic streak inside her, and things take a dark, supernatural, macabre turn as she tries to destroy them from within. The domestic also won Best Musical Score. So far, it's garnered nine international awards, including Best Horror at the Budapest Film Festival, Montreal Independent Film Festival and International World Film Awards. Katzen says the movie's a hit because it's much deeper than your average blood and guts horror, although it does contain several disturbing scenes. Using that as sort of a framework, we kind of unpack a lot of the uh, class disparity, sort of the wealth gaps between us in the city and the culture and society here in Joburg and South Africa. So we use that as a springboard to, you know, entertain, but also kind of like start a bit of a conversation. A local film critic describes the domestic as exploring themes of tradition versus modernity, African witchcraft and the extreme class differences in our society. Katzen's ecstatic about his movie success, but says he still expects to struggle in a South African film industry that's increasingly acknowledged around the world, but is still small. It's not like we have tons to play with. The industry is definitely a challenge, but I think with the advent of more streaming services, you know, the likes of Netflix, Amazon, looking to create South African content and content for Africa, there are definitely more avenues than there ever have been for getting these stories out there. Katzen says he'd love to make a big-budget blockbuster someday, but in the meantime, he's happy to concentrate on being creative and telling intelligent, impactful stories on screen. For VOA News, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. 
Kenya's sports minister says the government is taking film measures to handle doping among athletes. According to the French news agency AFP, Ababu Numamwamba said the country cannot allow itself to be banned from international events due to, in his words, the actions of some greedy and unethical individuals, including criminal elements and syndicates. His comments come as 30 Kenyan athletes have been suspended or banned for doping, an issue expected to come up tomorrow at a meeting in Monaco of the World Anti-Doping Agency and the Athletics Integrity Unit, an international group founded to combat the problem. AFP notes that Kenya has been on the top category of the doping agency's watch list since 2016. Namwamba says the country is exploring all available options to tackle the issue, including $5 million in support for the ADAK, the anti-drug doping agency of Kenya. Ghana's President Akufo Addo has arrived in Qatar ahead of today's match between his nation's Black Stars and European soccer powerhouse Portugal. The president hopes his visit will inspire a young team that will face off their 2014 World Cup rivals. Ghanaian soccer fans are excited about the match and hoping that a win today will give them a momentum to make it out of a tough Group H where they will have to beat South Korea and Uruguay. From Accra, Jackson and Fungani met some of the fans a few hours before the match, and this is what they had to say. First of all, I'll give thanks to God for this qualification because last four years we didn't qualify. So things weren't that proper here in Ghana. But I think this year the energy is high and also we're hoping that the players will perform well to keep the country going. Yeah. What's your prediction? My prediction, we'll get to the final and we'll bring the World Cup home. That's my prediction. So the next match with Portugal, Ghana will score two, Portugal zero. That's my prediction for the next match. My name is Rafael Brizzi, and I'm very excited that Ghana is in the World Cup. And I wish Black Stars all the best. Today, Portugal is taking 3 1. I'm telling you. You understand? I think we're to win this World Cup. No fears. Okay, hello, I'm Jemima. It's a Picard Ghanaian. Um, I thank God that um, this year Ghana is part of the World Cup, and we are hoping that they will come out with the flying colors. Um, we've always been trying that Ghana will one day win a World Cup. So this time around, we hopefully know that they will come out with a flying color. So we pray that everything will be successful. Actually, it means a lot because one, it's my country, Ghana, and they are really representing my country. I don't have much expectations from the Black Stars. The reason being that um, we've actually have had series of disappointments one way or the other concerning this World Cup. So my view is that if we are able to run through the group stages and through runs when the knockout stage and we are out, I'm grateful. But if you go higher to who is to the betterment for the country and you know the cash that is coming in for our players i mean if you win or if you do something i think it's hundred thousand dollars so i think the local players among them if they're able to sell through their local clubs will also get some funds and promote our i mean local games as well
And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Yeheyes Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest development on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Baro, and our engineer, Adrias Rigas, thanks for choosing the Voice of America. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station.